Hey y'all, Larry here. Are you living or frequently down below I-20 in the hateful area? Maybe you've got a friend or a significant other that's going to the airport or has a layover of, I don't know, several hours or something. Well, if you want some craft beer, I've got the spot for you. Beer Girl at 587 North Central Avenue, Hateful, Georgia, 30354. They have 40 taps of delicious craft beers, craft sodas, and even a mead. I mean, come on. They even carry some of your favorite local breweries on tap. Their bottle selection is beyond compare as well. They have all the best craft and Trappist beers, plus they have gluten-free beers, ciders, sakis, and a large wine selection. I mean, come on. Honestly, folks, this is one of the better growler-slash-package stores I've seen in Atlanta. I mean, the whole city. Beer Girl at 587 North Central Avenue in Hapeville, Georgia, 30354. Just south of Hartsfield Airport. Hey, tell them the monkey from Naughty Soda sent you. Here we are again, everyone, for another Achieving Reality, the podcast, The Life of Charles Green. This week, we find out a little more about Mr. Green and finish up what could be the greatest interview ever. Well, in my opinion, anyway. This has been a very interesting trio of days and a super time for us here at Achieving Reality Productions. Can't wait to hear what Charles has to say next. We're on a first-name basis now. <laughs> So, people, sit back, grab a naughty one, and relax with the conclusion of Mr. Charles Green or The Life of Charles Green. Presented by Achieving Reality, the podcast. See you at the end. Yeah, I have a friend I went to high school with who went out to Los Angeles to seek his fame, which I find very ironic because... Now everything's coming here. Yes. Unless you're Teen Wolf, then you're going there. Yeah. Right. They're leaving just as it's getting good. I don't know yeah. what's up with that. That's okay. They're tearing down that school, aren't they? Are they? If they filmed it in, I think they're tearing it down. It's right down the street from... Well, you know that. It's right down the street from where I live, the, the Teen Wolf school. Oh. No, I didn't know that. I think they are. Because we right. would drive past on our way to like Taco Bell or something, and there'd be all these trucks and everything sitting there. I'm like, what's going on over there? Oh, is is that one of Druid Hills? Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't know it was that high school. It took, us a, took us a little while to find out. Oh, they're shooting Teen Wolf there. Like, oh. Well, really? We should have watched that. Well, apparently they've gotten all the footage they need from there, so they moved it back to L.A. Yeah, I don't know. Probably because all the actors live out there, I yeah. would imagine. That's exactly what it is. We don't want to put them up in hotels. Except, except um, one of the women that I knew, I think played it. I want to say Teen Wolf's mom, maybe? She lives here. Oh. I guess she's going to have to set up a hotel. Yeah. yeah well, so. I guess it's cheaper to set up one person in a hotel than, than a bunch of people. 40. Yeah. <laughs> but it's the tax incentives. Yeah. You know, they yeah. must have gotten some sort of sweet deal to move. Oh, forward. yeah, please. They were, they were like, look, everything's going over there. we got to have something here. Yeah. So we'll do this. But, you know, Louisiana is the number one state now for producing TV and films. Yeah. They're the ones giving the major tax incentives. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, well, we're, we're doing a decent break yeah. here. That's why so many shows and movies are popping up here. So is it affording more opportunities, or is it a lot of people just immigrating here from outside? Well, for me, it's still affording a lot of opportunities. I think I'm, I'm lucky in the sense that I'm in a, an age category where 
a lot of men of a certain age are not going to uproot their lives and come to, to Atlanta. Uh, the, the influx I've heard are people that are in their 20s. Yeah. Because you, you can pick up and go in your 20s. Yeah, you have You can give up that waiter job and <laughs> come on to... That's who I'm hearing is moving to Atlanta. Um, well, some productions, well, they'll move the production itself out there and then they'll bring their actors with them. Yes, yes. As opposed to getting local talent. Right, right. However, I've, you know, I was I was up for um, just... What was that? End of November, I, was, I had back-to-back callbacks and one was a recurring role on um, Outcast, the new... Uh, Who's the guy that produces uh, Walking Dead? Um, do your job. I do my job. Anyway, it's it's his new show. It has to do with exorcism, and this is this was for a recurring role, the next door neighbor of, of the lead. So I've always wanted to be the next door neighbor. Yeah. So this a widower. So they were Kirkman. Looking, Kirkman. Kirkman. Robert Kirkman. Robert Kirkman. So they they were looking at people locally for nice roles, but yeah, a lot of times what you do find is is that the Get, well, obviously, guest starring the lead roles are coming from Los Angeles. That, yeah. that, that here you, you might be able to pull a recurring, like Lori Beth Sykes. Um, if you watch Resurrection, um, she's the minister's wife. Um, so, and she has an excellent role in that. So, there are some people. And also, my, my friend Travis Young is also a recurring role on Resurrection. And he's, he lives in Atlanta. Uh, the little boy who's on uh, Walking Dead. Oh, Carl. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's Carl. from Atlanta, as well as the... Who's the woman who, who's who got the closely cropped hair? Beth. Beth, That's yeah. the character's name. That's she's she's Beth, local, yeah, too. Yeah. So, she also, um, but she, yeah, Herschel was from here, too. Well, she also had a, a history of Frank Darabont, though. Yeah, uh, did she? Because she was in The Mist, as well. Oh, okay. Oh, I remember that movie. Yeah, she was. Well, it's good to have relationships with people. I mean, that's that's what I'm learning too. Is, is a, a lot of my yeah, jobs. Yeah, a lot of it. What is it to say? It's not always what you know. It's who you know. It's who you know. Um, I know somebody going who 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 um, he was an extra on um, Complications, and we become Facebook friends. And he just announced that he's now going to be a Walking Dead zombie, and he was going to zombie school. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was. I get such a kick out of hearing that. Yeah, that's so why I had to go to zombie school. I'm like. You couldn't just shuffle around and groan. Yeah, I guess they, they want them to. Now be they want a specific. Well, yeah, the, the zombies have to consistency. Have, yeah, consistency. We'll stay on the zombie topic for a second here. Have you noticed through the 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 show that they're getting more and more? Um, they're rotting more and more. That's one of the things that Kirkman wanted. Mm-hmm. So in, when you saw the first one, like if he didn't shoot the little girl in the very beginning. And she was around now, she would be only half of what she, basically about half of what she was. I thought that was kind of cool. It's one of those things that stay in the background that people don't really pay attention to. I guess you'd call it an Easter egg. But uh, yeah, as the show keeps going on, the zombies just keep getting worse off and worse off. Which makes sense. Right. Yeah. But we've had some good fortune in that. I mean, they used to shoot in the heat of the night here. Mm -hmm. And I had a lot of Friends who work coming to right? Yeah, mm-hmm. go out. They'd go out there for a day and be an extra on the set, and sometimes they'd get a, a little feature role. Yeah, mm-hmm. they did Dukes of Hazard back in the day. Did they actually do that out there? They did. Uh, uh, some of it was in Roswell. Some of it was in Covington. Yeah. Some of it was in Tennessee. But uh, yeah, they did a lot in and the back. That's for the tax. That's for all the tax incentives that that was Georgia's held on to way way ago though too. Mm-hmm. 
you know, because they wanted... They wouldn't pay much attention to us going, wee, the car, yeah. They were more of a local color back then. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they wanted the, the, the small roads. Yeah. Wasn't was was many creeks to jump in L.A. Because, <laughs> like, my scene... My scene L.A. In, River, that's it. My scene in Constantine is supposed to take place in Kentucky, and we shot that uh, outside of Conyers. Yeah. So. Well, Jason was telling us that uh, Attack of the Morningside Monsters was to take place in New Jersey. Morningside, and he, New Jersey. And uh, he's... And some people tell him how authentic it looks. Mm-hmm, it's all mm-hmm. shot here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Learn, so. That's what we have here is we have a wide variety of right. areas. And the, and the temperature is pretty temperate. Small yeah. Pretty we temperate. don't get ridiculously cold, typically. Typically. We get ridiculously hot, though. Yeah. Ridiculously hot. I don't know if you know how I found out about... Um, the no. Re- or the 40 I thought it was through David. Was it David Frisch? Yes. And, and so I contacted Jason and said I you know was interested, and that's when I guess he I I sent him my IMDb, oh, I sent him my IMDb link and <laughs> and then uh, that's when he came back with you were in disorderlies, <laughs> so he was like obsessed with disorderlies. So <laughs> it was a funny movie. So you got to work with the Fat Boys. I got to work with the Fat Boys, and I got to work in a scene with Ralph Bellamy. Hey, there you go. Um, who um, he was? He also at that time was um, pretty much bed, you know, in a wheelchair. In fact, his whole scene took place in a uh, in a, he was in a bed, laying in a bed. So yeah, uh, hospital bed. Hus- yeah, or, or actually a really nice ornate. I think if I remember right, was it hospital bed? I don't know. Well, it was... It's an opening sequence. Yeah. I think it's the one that shows the reason why they're being hired. It's supposed to be... Yes. We're, we're, the, we're the three orderlies that know what the hell we're doing. Right. And so... Um, 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 I saw this. What's his, <laughs> what's his name? Multiple. From times. General Hospital. Um, Luke and Laura. Luke... Um, um, Anthony Geary. Anthony Geary. Uh, he's out to, to make sure that his grandfather dies. Right. So he... he he replaces us with the, the fat boys, the disorderlies, in hopes that they'll kill him off a lot quicker, which is not what happens, of course. Uh, and that wouldn't be a very good comedy. It wouldn't be a very, very good comedy. Very if it's like, okay, it's, it'd be a very short one. So, um, what's this do? Boop. Oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> Done. The end. But, we, but, but, you know, it, it takes hours. First off, we shot at the house that is the exterior for the Beverly Hillbillies. Oh, that's funny. So, uh, Brock Bellamy, he, he, his, his scene was in the bed, and so a lot of times between takes, he'd fall asleep and they'd wake him back up. <laughs> he was the sweetest man, just and very, he had to be like at his 80s at that point, extremely handsome and just a very nice guy. In fact, they kept saying, well, well, well Mr. Bellamy, would you like to go back to your trailer? And he goes, no, I'll just lay here. <laughs> and they'd fall asleep, and then we'd wake him up for this. And then the, the other two orderlies that I was with, they were... Um, both with the groundlings, oh, nice. and uh, so and and the director, we had we had dialogue, but the director pretty much said, "I want you guys to improv something," and so it was terrific. We came up with the wildest stuff, and of course, it all hit the cutting room floor. In fact, um, well, the groundlings is the Los Angeles proving ground for. And just Paul Rubin came out of there. Yeah, right. A lot of Cassandra, a lot of Cassandra Peterson, Phil Hartman. A lot of the people on Saturday Night Live, yep, yeah, came from there. John Lovitz. And um, we don't talk about him. <laughs> Jim Jackman and Don Woodard. Yes. According to IMDb. Yes, Jim Jackman and Don Woodard. Yep, 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 yep. Just terrific guys. And so, of course, that all hit the cutting room floor. Anyway, okay, so I shot it. And then about, I don't know, a couple of months later, 
my neighbor across the way, who's a voiceover artist, calls me and says, Charles, are you in a film, Disorderlies? And I went, yes. And he went, I just dubbed your voice today. Oh, God. I said, what? And he says, yeah, they, they recut the scene, and they needed some off-camera dialogue. So in order for it to match, I had to, to dub you on camera as well. So whenever you see the film, it's my body, it's his voice. It's it's the weirdest thing, and and I kept thinking, why did they just call me back? It's the Darth Vader thing. Pay me to do the voiceover. Yeah. <laughs> so yes, whenever you see it, it's 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 severely cut, and it's my body, but his voice. That's pretty funny. <laughs> oh, and the other thing about the Fat Boys is what they they were like children. Mm-hmm. They were like children. Um, they would go out and play in the backyard of this mansion. Until it was time for them to come in, and then they had their wrangler. Okay, boys, come, time to come back in. Yeah, that was kind of their thing. thing. Yeah, they That's were. That's what they, they were really known for. They were like the kids of rap. They were, yeah, they were literally big kids. And I'm certain that they were new to this whole fame thing, and yeah, because they hit pretty big, pretty mm-hmm. fast, and went away pretty fast too. Went away pretty fast too. <laughs> I think one of them is deceased now as well. I think two of them are. Oh. But that was the kind of thing when rap took hold. I mean, he had been around for a long time, but yeah. when it took hold, everybody was like, oh, this rap thing. You know, It was a big new fad for people, and people were embracing it, and Refrigerator Perry was out rapping. And oh. William the Refrigerator <laughs> Perry. I think it was a, a movement to, to take the edge off of it at that time. You know? mm-hmm. So acts like the Fat Boys were hitting big because they were fairly not offensive. Yeah, they were just big goofy kids. Big, yeah, yeah, and they were real life too. And um, like me, it, it's and you were talking about General Hospital. It's kind of a segue to General Hospital because Tony Geary was on General Hospital when I did General Hospital, and oh, so you were there during the I was, Laura phase. Yes, I was. I was actually a, a florist uh, for the wedding. I was oh. the forest planner for the wedding. And, oh, wow. and so my particular scene, I'm actually in the house, and I guess I've decorated the house as well, and I, I get to slap the hand of one of the, the leads for touching my... <laughs> and that was another one of those things where I looked at the I looked at the lines, I looked at the relationship, and went, this guy is highly effeminate. <laughs> <laughs> this guy is really highly effeminate. He's very prissy. He's very... So that's how I went with it. Then Martin Short stole your whole act for Father of the Bride. <laughs> so, um, and then did you watch Daryl Hospital? Mm-hmm. How, how did you watch it through the nineties? Uh, up through the nineties, <coughs> and I think I ended up stop stopping after that. Did you did you, did you remember a character? Uh, do you know the actress Crystal Carson? She played. Um, Anyway, back in 93... Do your job. Yeah, yeah. Do my job. Yeah, look at Crystal Carson. Uh, back in 93, um, she and I met because uh, at the time I was, as typical actors are, you usually don't, mm-hmm. unless you're like one of the top 3% of SAG actors that make their living 100% off of acting, you do other stuff. I was actually uh, communications director for the American Cancer Society in Los Angeles, and she came to us with a fundraising idea called Take a Chance with the Stars, where you're... Soap opera stars would. Oh yeah, I do remember. And her okay. character was mm-hmm. Julia Barrett. Julia Barrett. That was her character. Uh, really? And she came to us with this idea, I this fundraiser know. where the it was a casino night and the the stars were your dealers. But she wanted to break down that wall of star versus. I remember fan. hearing about about that because my 
my parents were really into following all the cancer things. Okay. It, uh, it became a big, big deal. In fact, we started bringing Star Trek people in. Yeah. So now you had, the, you had your Trekkies with your soap opera fans. It was, it was wild. Okay, so that was 93, 94. And, and at that time, I really was not acting anymore. I gave it up for a while because I just got kind of burned out. He was a waiter. I was, I was, no, I never was a waiter. Never was a server. <laughs> I got tired of that. I became a waiter. So, so flash forward to, to 2013, I, I pretty much had put my TV film commercial career on hold for about 25 years. And I decided in 2013 to get back into it. Well, Crystal Carson, lo and behold, 2013, is coming to Atlanta to do classes, weekend workshops. So I sign up for it. And I walk in there and she's like, what the hell? What happened to you? <laughs> you know, she's like, because she knows she does know, knows nothing about it. I had previously acted. She knew nothing about that. And so, uh, so she and I have actually... Become really good friends. Come again, you know, 20 years later. And I, I would say what her class is, because I think as an actor, you, you need to constantly take classes. She's, I think, Don't an worry. outstanding instructor. Uh, and it really helped me get back into the groove um, to be able to do what I'm doing again oh. after 25 years. So well, that's pretty So that's my, that's my, the whole general hospital. Uh, that's why I was laughing because when I saw that, I was like, oh my gosh, that's kind of cool. Because um, <laughs> I know it's funny. It's like, it's, at that time, I was, this is sorry, this is probably sad. I was watching Young and the Restless as the world turns in general hospital. As the stomach turns. And those were the only ones that I would watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then somebody tried to introduce me to the bold and the beautiful, but I just, for whatever reason, I just didn't get into it. Yeah. And I stayed with those three. You know, well, well so. get, get back to Crystal Carson briefly. Um, uh, her father died from cancer when she was very young. Mm-hmm. I mean, she was like seven or eight years old. Oh, wow. Okay. And so this was one of the reasons she really wanted to do something uh, to, to raise awareness about cancer. And I don't know, but around that time, and it could have been because of her influence, I got approached by General Hospital that they wanted to do a breast cancer storyline. And they wanted to be truthful. So one of the characters gets breast cancer in, in the, about 93, 94. And so I, it was one of the first soap operas that really brought in, you know, medical advice. Brought a, a, yeah, and, and also at the end of it, there was a PSA called the American Cancer Society for the, you know, more information. So it was one of the first tie-ins. General Hospital was one of the first tie-ins, and I worked on it to bring about breast cancer awareness. They had one scene that was a breast cancer support group. They wanted nothing but real breast cancer survivors in the scene. It just so happened that one of the breast cancer survivors that I knew was an actress. So she actually had quite a few lines. Um, so um, anyway, I, I think with, with soap operas, there was a lot of times when they were able to get really pertinent information out to people, such as a breast cancer storyline. Well, and it's well, a good format for that because they go... And- Look, they run about an hour a day. Yeah, yeah. every day. Unfortunately, yeah. so they can get a lot more left. There's so few left. Yeah, there's only few, yeah. one or two. I, I think there's two. General Hospital, I think, is one of the ones that is left, aren't they? Or did they cancel that? Mm, I'm um, not sure. So I, I think it's the Young and the Restless is, mm-hmm. and I know that as the stomach turns, has been canceled for mm-hmm. years. Mm-hmm. I, I think it maybe General Hospital and. Young and the Restless, that's it. Well, but, but there's been so many people. I mean, everybody's Guiding working. light. Everybody's working. Well, I thought of that one. I remember that one, too. You know, both parents are now working. <coughs> it's, you've lost the, the housewife the, the, audience. The, the, that's true. They're working. Yeah. They're and working. even if they're not working 
outside of the house, they might have an in the house job. Right. And I'm not just talking about, you know, dealing with the kids. You know, they might be working from home. Right. And they don't have time to, you know, have the TV on in the background and listen. Because you have to get involved in those mm-hmm. the, those shows. They have, I mean, detailed histories and character yeah. issues. And I mean, my, when my mother passed away, my mother earlier, she could tell you everything that had happened on As the World Turns and Guiding Light since they debuted on radio. Mm. Oh, wow. She had been with the shows that long. And she was religious about it. That time of day, it's like two o'clock. Everything stops because John Dixon's on. And I made the mistake of coming in from school and I'm like, oh, who's that? Because I see a character I don't recognize. Well, she's such and such's kid from this marriage and blah. And she could trace it all the way back to 1950. I, I, I just wow. wanted to have a single answer, Mom. <laughs> People don't have that kind of dedication anymore to no. the show. I mean, you get the occasion when like Lost had a big following. Where yeah, people Lost. Were into the details, or... but for the most part, people. Kind of, we don't have the attention span for it yeah. anymore. I mean, Sons of Anarchy did well, and um, but it's done. Yeah, but I mean, it, it didn't. It didn't run. I mean, they had a big following, but it ran what five years? Six, six, six years. Mm-hmm. So that's it. You know, I mean, like The Simpsons. That's pretty much the only one that's well, the out there. You don't have crazy. About. The Simpsons. You can watch this episode, <clears throat> skip a year, and watch the next episode, and you're not lost, right? Because everything. Because, so- like we said, people don't have the. Attention span. attention span. That's why a lot of the things are going to limited series, like twelve episodes. Yeah, and the story's complete. Yeah, or they're doing, they do thirteen episodes, mid-season break, thirteen episodes, and then well, that's well, a lot of time left for the holidays too, because nobody's watching. Well, yeah, but then that's the but that's how the BBC that's a, that's always a full done season, a series, you know, six episodes or thirteen episodes or whatever it is. That's a series. Yeah. Whether or not it comes back and they do another series, yeah, maybe. And it's up in the air. Yeah. Maybe they'll do well, it again. Maybe, maybe that was it. Like know? Warehouse 13 had a big fall. Heck, we'll just go Firefly. People are just madly insane. Or Doctor Who. People have been following it since radio days. Now, there aren't that many of 63. those. 63. But uh, there's still a lot of people. Doctor Who debuted the day Kennedy was shot. Oh, wow. But they were over there, so they didn't care. No, that, that <laughs> it was delayed 15 minutes. Oh, me. was it? Because wow. of the Kennedy assassination. But, uh, you know, it, there's so many Whovians out there. They're just like, who, Dr. Who, Dr. Who, Dr. Who, and that's it. And if they took it off the air again, they would lose their minds. I mean, it's just, there's just, you don't really, fi- I mean, you find it, but now it's pockets. And you don't see somebody go, oh, I have to sit down and watch this show every day. At the exact same time, because they're just not putting those kinds of shows out. Five days a week is a lot. Well, the only one right now people are following is The Walking Dead. Because that's not like, every day. No, that's, I know, but they're like, well, they because I was I talking to some people during a during the during the <laughs> we were talking guiding light and all that. And the yeah, said that, yeah. No, but I, Rudy, Harugi, Harugi. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, about the formula I'm seeing in shows, no matter what, whether it's How to Get Away with Murder or What Arrow, it's the same thing where. You have the continuing storyline, but they, they plop in the middle of it a, a specific story that's yeah. wrapped up by the end. Mm-hmm. Well, like like uh, Complications, uh, USA Network, it's it's taking place in Atlanta. Mm. So, uh, you know, it's a medical drama. It takes place in a hospital. You, you, Does it take place in a, in a specific hospital, or is, is it just a fictitious hospital? It's a fictitious hospital. Okay. It's always but, safer to go that way. But, I, I, you know, again, you, you, you have... 
you're not going to have a bunch of country hicks on it. Let's just put it that way. Phil Stitching Bitch. Yeah. Uh, and I've never, I've never, you know, if I if I tell people, you know, I'm from Atlanta, that, that I've never had anybody like, like, oh. Well, no, a lot of people like Atlanta because, I mean, it's the hub. Is it like the West Berlin of... <laughs> no, I mean, Atlanta <laughs> Before has, the Berlin luckily, Wall fell. We, we kind of pulled out of it because we're like the South's New York. Yes, yes. Well, mm-hmm. if you say Atlanta, you'll get a more neutral reaction. If you say Georgia... Then you get the, mm. oh, really? Where? I used to work on um, a catalog center, which is JCPenney's catalog, and they would call in. And they knew they weren't calling their local penny store. They were calling a call center. They go, well, where are you at? And I said, well, I'm in Georgia. And I go, well, where are you from? I'm from Georgia. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's because like, no. you, it's, it's yeah, you don't have the accent. You answer the phone, and they're like, where are you from? So, why? Because I don't download that <laughs> You know? Just like, oh my God. Well, I know when I when I was looking to leave Los Angeles and um, I was trying to kind of figure out where, where I wanted my next That sounds a good question how you wound up back here. Life to be. Playing. I, I have a, a, a very good friend from college that I've known since 78 and uh, he had moved to um, Atlanta in 92? And so he said, "Oh, you should come to Atlanta. I think you'd like Atlanta." And I was like, "I, you know, I, I grew up in the South. I was born in the South. I just don't really think I want to come back to the South." And he said, "No, Atlanta's a different kind of South." He says it's got a bit more of an East Coast influence to it. Yeah. And so I came to visit him in '93. I'd visit him about every year, year and a half. And by '98, I said, "I think Atlanta is right for me." So, so for me, I even had that prejudice of what even Atlanta was like um, until I got here and, and experienced it. And went, oh. Yeah, we are a different bird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Since that's our symbol too. But you know, it's, it's, it's like people like, I have had people in Los Angeles say, oh yeah, Atlanta, oh. And I said, look, I said, Atlanta is just like Los Angeles. Yeah, in Atlanta, once you go small. outside the perimeter, then, you know, it's the further away you get from the core. Yeah, it gets a little, mm. I said, but it's the same thing in Los Angeles. You go further north, you go further south in Orange County, you're going to find that stuff as well. I think it's in every major city. Yeah. Get outside the urban core and you're going to. Of course, we don't have an East L.A. Oh, yeah, we do. Roswell. <laughs> <laughs> quit I mean, blaming us for our infrastructure because we didn't do it. Yeah. We had a nice grid pattern to you guys should <laughs> Uh, but everything was pastry. Yeah, but everything was still pastry. Yeah, it's our fault. I find it important that we have a guest on the show, especially somebody who actually works for a living. What's that? You know, we had Jason and Chris, you know, and Talon. Wait, people, people work for livings? Yes. Hey, Dave. It is there. nice to to get off on tangents like that, so that people can actually connect <laughs> with who they're listening to as a real person. I think that's how a lot of actors. Come on, we know like, he's like, just a robot. We like got... Bruce Campbell. Yeah. That people know about him because he's very open with his fans and they stay loyal to him because mm-hmm. they feel they know him. Mm-hmm. So we're going to get you more fans now. Oh, good, good. That's nice. It was it was kind of cool. When I, I did Complications, I, I told you that it was... Oh, no, no, when I did um, The Game, I did it one week and I told you it was like about 50 extras and that because it was a press conference. And so the following week I shot Complications and this guy came up to me and went, I know you. I went, you do? I was like, well, I didn't recognize my work. And he went, yes, I was an extra also last week. 
and now he's in medical scrubs. <laughs> well, so I, 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 I think I might get a fan base among background folk. <laughs> right, there you go. Hey, whatever works. <laughs> you can be their leader. <laughs> the leader of the background folk. That, that way, when you get that plum starring role, and they say, we need some background people. Like, Wait a minute. Uh, <laughs> Hold on. Let you me just bust out a book like this full of background people. Here. There you go. <laughs> Let me put a note on my Facebook page. <laughs> They'll be here shortly. <laughs> Heck, I might even show up for that. Hi. Oh, no, you don't want him. <laughs> He's crazy. Larry has been an extra. Yeah, I was a prop, as, as Chris was, likes to put it. If he was a prop. Um, uh, when they filmed uh, RoboCop 3, mm-hmm. you know, it's supposed to take place in Detroit. Well, it took place in a beautiful area of downtown Atlanta. Which <laughs> they had to dress to look like Detroit. No, they didn't. It was it was pretty tore up as it was. I mean, they added, you know... Things that said Detroit. Detroit, <laughs> yeah, OCP and things like that. I was actually doing a play at the time. I was off stage. I did work on stage, but I like being behind the scenes. Now I like being in front of the camera. And uh, I had to go get some gels for some lights. I get there... And I drive on to set because that's where the store is that I had to go to. And they were open. And there's nobody watching the. Yeah, there was nobody. There was a couple of OCP, you know, road barriers up, but I'm not paying attention. I'm like, where the hell am I going? Where the hell am I going? You drove into the scene. I drove on to set. I get out of my car. I get whatever gels I had to get rolled up in a tube, throw it in my car, and a guy screaming at me from uh, 100 feet away. Oh, you think you're fucking you? It's like, because of you, we had to cut the scene, we had to reset it, so it was all done. Like, huh? <laughs> you know? I was 17. Like, I don't even know what the hell you're talking about, man. And he's just yelling, I'm leaving, I'm leaving, I'm leaving. He goes, hold on a minute. He's like, great, he's going to yell at me some more. <laughs> Would you like to be in a movie? It's like, Yes. What, now? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What now? I was like, sure. And he goes, all right. And so he gathers all these. Uh, and there was a lot of extras. I mean, it's it's to the point where when the screen rolls by, they don't even list them. I mean, in this group, right, right. it was like 150 people. And apparently, RoboCop flies over and mows a bunch of people down in a crowd with a minigun. You know, the Gatling gun, basically. And I'm one of the people that gets shot. Ah! But you only see, like, my shoe. <laughs> so, well, I'm like... the extra work. Yeah, I'm, like, running off screen, and I get shot, and I have to fall off camera. So, you may get to see the back of me and my shoe. And they're like, oh, that's it! You, get the fuck off the line! I'm like... <laughs> Did they pay you? or you No, just, no. It was a freebie. No, the yeah. director just wanted to kill him. They figured he can't do it literally. So yeah, he yeah, yeah. yeah. can't do it on the movie. So it was, it was, you know, that's my big starring role that he puts it, a prop. <laughs> he's, he's got a close-up of you on a secret role. He, he probably does. He's watching the other one. <laughs> he's probably still watching the no. Show you at parties. <laughs> yeah. Check this out. I killed this kid. What? No, no, no. Look. Yeah. yeah. That was all editing. It was editing. <laughs> oh, fine editing. Oh, yeah. You know, because an editor can make or break a performance. That's right. <laughs> he can. He can. I'm really See, gonna, when, when I'm when gonna it, yell at the editor of that one. When it enhances, <laughs> when it enhances the performance, it's the editing. When it takes away from the performance. The director told me it's the actor. I'm in a great position for that because someone has the problem with something late was edited. I can say, well, Jason told me to do that. And mm. They liked it. It's like, yeah, I did my best. Have you gone to see Birdman yet? 
Oh my goodness. People I keep just, telling me to go see from that From an editing too. viewpoint, because it, it looks like 90% of it looks like it's it's seamless. It looks like it's just yeah, going from... They said it looked like all one shot. And yeah, apparently if they were able to make it look it. And it just, it'd just be interesting from an editorial edit, editing. Well, no, Hitchcock used to, when he wanted to extend a scene, he would move the camera behind somebody in a dark coat. Yeah. And then cut the scene together. Cut there together. and then continue. So it'd be interesting if you as an editor see if you could catch where they joined them together with right. what they did you better I'll try. I want a full but, report but listen to the script too because it's a pretty terrific it's a pretty terrific film yeah <laughs> <laughs> well, I was talking to, to Charles Nakajan you know, the, the new Atlanta Pinewood Studios is right mm-hmm. open for business and then oh, there's another one that's going to be being built at the corner of uh, Jimmy Carter that, Boulevard at 85 oh that's right yeah that's right yeah, yeah. And that's not only going to be a, not only going to be a studio, that's also going to be a school. And they're doing um, where the Fort yes. Fort McPherson was. Somebody else is putting up a studio. They're going to fight with that right now. That's Tyler Perry and somebody else are fighting with that right now. Well, Tyler Perry has a studio here. That's Lakewood. He's over at Lakewood, but he's yes, opening but he's, the he's one at Fort McPherson. Buena Vista or somebody's putting up a facility here. Disney? I can't remember who it is. I remember some. I think David was telling us about it. To be honest, well, you might have heard. I didn't hear. But the the pilot studio, part of Ant Man was shot there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I just I saw the trailer to, for when I was I was like, so eh. telling Charles about that. Then I was like, you didn't know one of those Marvel movies. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. Well, you could be the next Mister Fantastic. No, yeah. that's on my Fox right now. <laughs> okay, well, Mister Super Stretchy Guy. <laughs> well, if you can't get a lead role, get one of the Shield agent roles because. They'll be on... Heck, even if you're a background in the S.H.I.E.L.D. role, you'll you can be get between the, TV, the movies and the TV show. You can show. get it on the TV show and then back into the movies. <laughs> so we'll be able to help you. All right, I appreciate that. Get your background. I appreciate that. Together. Yeah. I got yeah. comics upstairs. I'll let you... Yeah. Now, do, do, are, are you aware of Powers? Do you, are you familiar with that comic book series? Powers? Powers? It's a city where it's inhabited by nothing but superpowers. But, but because they were abusing their superpowers, all superpowers have been banned. Oh, I remember but hearing that. I didn't know that was the name but of it. There's a police department that's got a special section unit, the powers unit, where they investigate those powers who are not obeying and are using their superpowers. Usually, It's kind of like Men in Black. Bad stuff. Or Incredibles. Yeah. Well, it's the city. Is it? It's focused on the the police department, though. Right? Right. Yes. Yes. And uh, so uh, I was right. Uh, <laughs> what's his name? Uh, Copley. Um, who was in District Nine? Charlito Copley. So he's the, he's the lead detective in Powers, investigating all these other powers. That's kind of cool. So and it's being it's only going to be on the Sony PlayStation Network. Well, uh, however, I mean it'll be it. available on iTunes. Uh, I oh, okay. I've auditioned for it several times. I actually got cast in it. And, and then had to turn it down because it ended up, as things happen, because of it ended up conflicting with our movie, and I understand. Yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> no, it, shoot, dang it, it conflicted with It conflicted with the nice guys. Ah. So I figured, well, the nice guys, I actually ultimately had to make the decision, and you know, I thought, okay, well, I'm not going to give up a one-on-one scene with Ryan Gosling and Russell Crowe, and, yeah, and, and, two, and a dog. And a do- the dog, yes. <laughs> and, 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 and two, that's a one-shot deal. Powers is continuing series so yeah, they so don't you could, totally hate me for because unfortunately I had to turn it down and gave them less than 48 hours notice oh. <laughs> I had done the costume for the thing but but the reason I brought this up is is that I did have access to the script for that one because I had been cast and um, and also having auditioned for it several times and seen some of the sides they really are 
taking they're able to have a lot more freedom yeah let's say with language with with scenes because they're not on television with violence content. with content it's and, like being and on hbo really i know I've, I've i've seen a lot of criticism with regards to, to constantine I, I had not read the originals but that some people yeah hope they, they have a go, mature rating that they could the go book. to more of a you know a showtime or hbo or even a sony place yeah, the original material is pretty dark He's right, right. So they could get a little darker with. Well, they could get a lot darker. Yeah. Based on what I've seen of Sony, Sony of uh, Powers, they're doing it. Do we miss anything on the resume? Got the cigars. Do we need to tell anything people that I? You know, there's a couple of titles we missed, but. Uh, well, we, we well we hit we hit a we hit yeah. we tried all the film. TV stuff. Um, all the movie stuff. Well, except for except Frankenstein, for Frankenstein the college, college years, which was. <laughs> that's okay yeah I didn't see a whole lot about that so I thought I although, it's, although it's interesting because when I went on the audition for uh, Swamp Murders the director of that said oh you did a film with Tom Shadiak and then he told me who Tom Shadiak was I went oh is that who he turned out to be but uh, yeah so, so everybody starts them it's, wow. it's one of those things like oh wow like you know with Jason with like oh wow you were disorderly and so this guy was like oh wow you were with Tom Shadiak and Frankenstein, the college years. I said, it was like the last Who? thing. This sounds like a spinoff from a TV series, you know? Frankenstein High School, and then they have a college years version afterwards. Saved by the Frankenstein? Saved by the lightning bolt. Saved by the lightning bolt. Frankenstein, the college years. Do you have like a, um, a website or a Facebook page or something that um, you can go to? I don't really. Um, Twitter account? You don't I do, I really. Do have a, yes, I have a Twitter account. Yes. I think I've got you on my phone. Yes, so my Twitter account's I am Charles Green. You are? <laughs> Is this one of those things like, who's on first? <laughs> What's on second? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't know who's on third. So what I've pretty much done is I, my Twitter account's pretty much the one I, I, I put all my like entertainment-wise stuff on. I haven't uh, put together a website yet or a Facebook page strictly for my acting. Do you have any plans to do any acting in like theater productions this year? Um, I did two theater productions in 2014, and in both cases, well, well, the first one I was okay because I I shot some stuff and I was able to shoot during the day and be at the theater at night. But last September, I was in a show and I had to miss final dress rehearsal uh, because I was shooting something. And I was shooting something. I think I was shooting Whitewater. And then I had to miss the second to last performance because I was... Oh, no. I, I missed the final dress rehearsal because I was shooting Constantine. And then I missed the second to last performance because I was shooting Whitewater. And my and I didn't have an understudy. Uh, fortunately, my, the director had done the role five years ago. But still, he was not happy. And that's the one thing about um, Atlanta theater. They need to grow up and start having understudies. Because very few of my friends do theater and film. I'm still finding... I have two separate... Yeah, that's surprising. That's surprising. It's surprising. You don't find that in, in, in Los Angeles. You know, yeah, I do theater. Yeah, I do film. I do t- Here it's like, I do theater. I do film, TV, commercial. And if you talk to people who do film, TV, a lot of them had done theater. But, they, you know, it takes up a lot of time. And, and they don't have understudies. So... So, yeah. getting back to your question, if I do another play here in town, I'm going to ask for an understudy. And that may stop 
people for yeah, wanting to hire me. Yeah, because we look just so much alike. So, I mean, I'd love to do another play. I mean, I, I, I grew up doing theater. I think theater is a great training background. Um, but um, I also love doing TV film commercial but work too. Theater is, so. a, is a different creature acting wise. Yes, it is. You don't have to be as big on, yeah. on camera as you do on stage. I had heard, heard this quote, and whether it's true or not, they attributed to Susan Sarandon. She said, acting on stage is like having sex. Acting for film TV is like masturbation. <laughs> That's perfect for our show, too. It fits right in. <laughs> the, 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 and if I had said it, everybody would be like, ew. What was the, guy, the young guy's name? He, would, uh, he was auditioning for something on tape. It was, um, I think he was auditioning for Enchanted or something. And he gave this audition, and everybody was posting on YouTube because it was so funny. But what was going on was that he was stage performing, but he was doing it in front of a camera. So all his expressions were, were big, big and, all his, and all his movements were huge. Mm-hmm. People were making fun of him. And I'm like, no, I've seen that. That's the stage acting. He's acting on stage, but he's doing it in front of a camera. Right, right, right. There are different. I mean, you, you do. You have to bring it down. And, and, and it, the eyes have a lot to do with it. Um, uh, you're, when, you're, when you're in a theater, obviously, you you're trying to reach the back Definitely of the house. house. Yeah. So, you know, things have to be a little more heightened. Yeah. What, with, roll, with, row quadruple Z. Right. Yeah. And with a camera, obviously, it's like right in your face. So, Yes, uh, very much so. Yeah, I know. I've got a couple of films like that. That's one of the things where I fall apart when I'm doing camera work is that with the camera, you do need to get shots where you're right in the person's face. But I feel like it's, it feels so intrusive as a cameraman getting that close on the actor and I'm like this is ridiculous well I mean they they up Almost. close with the with the blood I stepped back a little like Randy was like no 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 no. where are you going hmm. I'm like what do you mean don't you can't you just get it from here he's like no no and, and the camera's here mm-hmm. I mean you know that that front piece of glass is right there and I'm like so much so that we could see the red light reflected in your glasses yeah <laughs> I mean, that's it. I was just like I didn't know how to uh, well I didn't know how to get rid of it in that amount. Of, that short it's such amount a quick time. shot, too. So, yeah, I mean, it's 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 quick. It was quick and bloody. No pun intended, but no, it works. Nobody's come back to me and said, "Hey, what about that red light?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. hey, you know, um, we would have, you know, overlooked you coming in late if you didn't have that red light. <laughs> well, no, I mean, because we figured out how to fix it later no. after we already turned it in. It's like, you know, if we just added the red glow to, her, to Amanda's eyes. Then it would have played off as the glow in his glasses would have yeah. played off. Oh Lord, that would have. Been and, and then only people who were really astute would have caught it. And they thought, "Oh, those guys are geniuses." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> My, one of the favorite. And we parts are, of, but just uh, after the fact. Yeah, one of the favorite parts of filming was you guys were off chatting. We were there doing the lines, trying to learn them uh, with uh, Amanda. Amanda, mm-hmm. I'm terrible with names. David, yeah. David, I call it professor, so. <laughs> Which I'm sure he adores. <laughs> I don't think he even cares. But uh, we were doing that, and then we just kind of went, okay, we've done this line about 40 times now, and it was all about just kind of being silly. And I got her to finally crack and laugh. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I've done my job. I was like, I'm done. <laughs> Let me do my line, and, and we'll get it filmed, and I can run off and 
apparently make people laugh because I've got gas in the car. <laughs> and, uh, well, you think you've got gas in the car. <laughs> and uh, then I'm going to get your Bible. So, Which you never did. No, I thought that was a funny line, too, but I didn't want to say anything. He was so with he, us. So he, did, he did the reaping so he could break out of that white exactly. car. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly. right. That's yeah. right. Start getting those blue collar jobs. Well, I mean, as that, well. Was, that was kind of a conscious choice, wasn't it, to broaden that out? Because I know you posted several of your new shots with the more blue collar aesthetic. Yes, yes. After I started getting more blue collar roles, I realized that my agent has like six or seven shots of me. So whenever they submit me for a role, they send out the headshot they feel is closest to mm. that what they think the cast director might pull you in for. And uh, I started realizing I didn't have really kind of the scruffy blue collar. That's why I'm not an agent. Because I, I would, my That's thought why you're not an Asian? You're agent. right. Because <laughs> my thought would be, I want to send them the whole kit and caboodle so they can see the, his range. And you know, uh, Actually, that's the same thing I would be thinking yeah. too. But, but that's, that's not, right. well, this is everything that he's no, got. No, you got to, Pin him down as close to what they're looking for. Yeah, what, what the based on of the course, description. Back in my mind, I think they don't know what they're looking for here. Yeah, <laughs> show them what they're. Looking have, for. They'll have in the breakdown. They'll have a description of what the character is, like right. the, you know, physician or lawyer or judge. So they go, okay, well, we'll send the suit and tie photo of Charles for that one. <laughs> Actually, that's why I'm doing it a podcast. It would be humorous <laughs> to if they were doing a lawyer to send your blue collar one. No, nah. because then he's a country lawyer. No, a country lawyer. <laughs> yeah. I'm just a. Uh, I'm uh, sure uh, Hollywood yeah. producers get a big kick out yeah. of that sort of thing. But the good, th- the good <laughs> thing now is, is that they they can submit pretty much any picture of me for some particular cast directors, uh, and they know me now, and so they'll they'll instantly pull me in, which is always good for audition. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's like okay, we know him. So, so we don't. It doesn't even matter what the picture is. Yeah. <laughs> it's in a, it's Here's in a, my nude. Eh? <laughs> it's an eight by ten. It's divided up into four squares. And yeah. Look at each square. So, yeah. So it's kind of nice. Yeah. So that the subcast directly circles that I know. Give me mad. Give me mad. Pull me in. So. When you worked with different actors or actresses, did you ever have any of them that were starstruck with other stars? They. Are the, oh God, I'm forgetting names. I kidnapped you, Freddie Heineken. There's an actor, and and you would know who he is, he, and he plays one of the young kidnappers, and he's a British actor, and, and we're following each other on Twitter, and he started posting stuff like, I cannot believe I actually did a scene today with Anthony Hopkins, we're, we're still giddy about it, and so he oh was God. he was totally... Well, like stuck. you were saying, when you got here, you were like, you know, you were explaining to us, okay, I gotta remember... I'm doing this scene and this, that, and the other because it, it made it sound like you'd walk up and be like, squeal! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah really. Like, Say that line from uh, Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Do the follow me thing. Do the follow me thing. <laughs> so, so in that case, I guess the only that's the only time I've ever had somebody who was like, you know, Another star, starstruck. But I read it on Twitter, his his Twitter feed, (laughs) that he was he was starstruck, and he's he's a pretty big deal himself. So that kind of surprised me. Surprising. Yeah, but uh, that's that's pretty much it. That's it, huh? Well, I mean, I didn't know if there's other stars that, like you said, either could be immune to it or they're star truck. You know, star star truck. No, they're star. star, They're like, oh my gosh, they get all excited about. I don't know. Immune to it. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure there's people who's let their egos get to the point where it's less of a factor. But I think no one's immune to it. I mean, even like Ewan McGregor goes in to do his role in Star Wars and Chewbacca comes walking in and he's like, oh my goodness, it's Chewbacca. You know? Well, what did he say the whole time during the first movie? 
uh, him and uh, Ray Park and uh, Liam Neeson, while they were doing all their sword fighting, were going, <laughs> and they kept yelling at him, stop it with the sound effect. We'll put that in in post. And they're like, we can't help it. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, uh, I can't remember who it was. Um, so one of the podcasts I listened to, they were talking about that they did an episode of Law and Order, I believe it was, or one of the cop shows. And that they occasionally they'll film the rehearsals. Right. Yes, they do. And uh, apparently they used a clip from the rehearsals in in the actual episode. Oh wow! They're going upstairs with guns drawn, you know, to kick in this door and all that stuff. But they used a clip from the rehearsals. So he's walking up the stairs, doing finger guns <laughs> <laughs> that made it into the oh, episodes. Nice. <laughs> they do. Oh my goodness! Yeah, they often do film rehearsals. Yeah, I guess you got to. Plan the shot. You see, that's the editor's fault. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That is the editor's fault. You should have talked to Spielberg's people and had him put a walkie-talkie in his hand. Yeah. We're getting giddy. Man. I've always been giddy. <laughs> and I don't know what else you have to do today. Yeah, I have to be heading off, so. So we'll wrap it up. There you have it. The conclusion of The Life of Charles Green. We at AR Productions would like to thank him and give our apologies for anything Larry said, mostly because he's an idiot. It was our pleasure having you on and learning a little bit about your career in TV and stage. Very interesting. Chris, Larry, and myself hope that you have an incredibly successful year and many more to come. Once again, from all of us at AR Productions, thank you, Mr. Charles Green. And for Chris, Larry, and Harley, I'm Tina saying, green light means go, red light means stop, Amber light means drive like a loony. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. Can you figure out how to get out of here? I I have GPS. That's a lost get here. (laughs) This episode of Achieving Reality, the podcast, has been brought to you by... Kosher bacon. Who loves bacon? You do. Who loves popcorn? You do, damn it! Now AR Foods has the best of both worlds. Kosher bacon! We take the drippings from our bacon and use that in our poppers to make the popcorn, giving it the best bacon flavor you have come to love. Also, since it's made with bacon, it's kosher! That's right, kosher bacon! This has got to be the best popcorn ever. Kosher bacon. Get yours today. Mmm, bacony.